one if you need one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, this morning, I just want to talk about celebrating the gift of God. And that's really what Christmas is all about, God's gift in our life and uh, what He's given to us through His Son. How many are thankful for that? I am. Man, I look at my life, I'm thankful for the gift of God in my life. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read a couple passages, but Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writing to the church there and speaking to them about what we have received. And uh, beginning in verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. How many know that's a good verse? God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. How many know that's the way we're supposed to love God, with great love? Supposed to have great love for God, not just convenient love, but great love for God. Think about that. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So when we were at our worst, he loved us with his best. That's just awesome. Verse 6, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in us in kindness towards us, in Christ Jesus, in the ages to come. How many of you are thankful that what we have in God is not confined to this space and time? The life we have in God. We get so caught up living for now. Everybody's talking, now, now, now. I need it now. I'm living now. I'm concerned about now. I was laughing as a good, I, I should have done it, but I saw Francis Chan did an illustration. Francis is just so practical, but he had this giant rope, big white rope, and at the end he had about four inches of that rope just colored red. And he says, this rope represents your life and eternity with God. And so this little red spot is our space of time that we have here on earth. But this whole other part is eternity with God. And he said, we work and we work and we work and we work and work our whole life. And we're so focused on enjoying this part of eternity. And all our focus gets focused on this first, just the beginning of eternity with God and then most of our focus is is that we're working so hard so that when we get down to the last inch of this part of our life in our last years that hopefully we're still alive we still have enough help and we have enough resources to enjoy this first portion of eternity with him so there's so much about saving for retirement saving for this and doing all that so somewhere before this little piece of eternity passes we enjoy life to the greatest potential as possible. But wait a minute. Paul's writing here and he says, hey, that in the ages to come, that in the extent of the rest of all that, in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Father, I thank you this morning in these few moments, Lord. You'll help us to see and understand, maybe with a new and a fresh clarity that we've never seen before, all that you have given us. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you that we have celebrated the birth of our Savior. Thank you that you came to earth, that you called his name Emmanuel, declaring that God is with us. We thank you for being with us, for being in us, and for all that you've done for us through your Son. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, 
Amen. Also, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Acts chapter 2. So Paul says here, here's this great gift. We're saved by grace, not by our own works. And we're saved through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. So our salvation is a gift from God. Amen? Keep that in mind. Amen. And just that same verse that in the ages to come, I'm going to touch on that in just a moment about the future that we have in God. Acts chapter 2 and verses 37 through 39, just a couple verses here. Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, and they're asking him, what does this mean? And he stands up and declares to them, says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the, the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So when we hear the truth of the gospel, we're left with a response. What do we do? How do we respond? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent. Amen? Repent. How many know repentance is important? Repentance is a change of mind. It's a change of direction. It's to completely go in the other direction. So Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for remission of sin. And you will receive, watch this, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we have the gift of salvation. Now we have another gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then Peter said, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. How many know they're thankful for that verse? Because it says that the promise is to you. So that's speaking to those that are there right there. Well, we're not them. We're not Jews. We're not Israel. So that, that if he just left it there, that wouldn't apply to us. He'd say if it's just to you. But he didn't say to you. He said it is to you. But then he goes on and look what else he said. It is to you and to your children. Well, we're not their children. So if he'd have stopped there, that would have left us out. But then he goes on and say, and to all who are far off, and so we don't really know what that is, but he says, to as many as the Lord our God will call. How many are thankful that God's called you? We're called unto repent. We're called to salvation. And so this gift belongs to you and I. So here's a gift that's available to us, and now it's up to us to receive it. Look at your outline with me as we walk through this this morning. This is an amazing time of year. For most of us, it's a time of celebration and family, food and fellowship, probably too much food, too much sugar, too much goodies, but hey, praise the Lord. We're going to fast for 21 days starting a couple weeks so you can get over it. Amen. <laughs> All right. That went over well. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Presents and gifts given with joy and wrapped with love and then ripped open in anticipation. You ever notice that? Especially when kids do it. You wrap all the gifts up, you have all the pretty paper, and, and nobody just takes time that admires your wrapping gift. How's people, they go to Macy's, and they get them all wrapped. They, they pay as much to get the thing wrapped with the ribbons and the bows and the beautiful thing. And people don't sit there and look at that. They Actually, they could care less what it looks like on the outside. I think sometimes we ought to just use uh, shopping bags, brown paper, paper, a newspaper, something like that. Because people really, it's nice, it looks pretty, it makes for decorations under the tree. But when it comes time to opening the gift, very few people stop and admire the wrapping. Some of the ladies every now and then, or they save the bows. And, but the purpose of unwrapping is to get to what's inside. Most people's anticipation what it contains, not what it's wrapped with. Praise the Lord. With every gift given and received, there comes an array of emotions and responses. Some good, some not so good. <laughs> Amen. 
For the one who has given the gift, there's the hope that they have made the right choice, that the gift they have given will be received and enjoyed by the one for whom it was purchased, based on what we know of their likes and needs. For the one receiving the gift, we can respond many different ways. Joy, surprise, excitement, curiosity, wonder, love, and appreciation. Most of all, though, being thankful that someone loved us enough and cared enough to invest in our life out of the treasure of their life. When somebody buys you a gift, that's literally what they're doing. They're declaring, I care enough about you. I'm concerned enough about you that I'm going to invest in your life out of the treasure of my life. How many know that's exactly what it says about God, what he did for us through the Lord Jesus Christ, that God cared enough about us. And we even read that about the Lord Jesus himself, the grace of our Lord that he gave himself, that through his poverty, giving himself to us, I care enough about you to invest in you out of the treasure of my life. I'm thankful that God does that for us. But when people buy you gifts, that's what they're doing. They're investing in your life out of the treasure of their life with their time and their resources. Many times, <coughs> excuse me, many times after the exchange, we share with our friends the joy that we have received and they rejoice with us. Praise the Lord. Christmas is the celebration of giving and receiving. A lot of times now on Facebook, I put it, I ask my daughter, I'm kind of practical on things that I wanted, so I like building things and making things and doing things around the house and remodeling things and so I've had little table saws over there so I was tired of wearing those out so I thought you know what I'm going to save up and get a nice one and uh, so I picked out the one I wanted and so Jamie asked me what I wanted <coughs> excuse me for Christmas this year and I told her and I said but that's more than that so uh, I'll just save it if everybody just wanted to give me money I'll just believe God and then I'll save up and when I get enough I'll get that well they they, they all chipped in and bought me that table saw and so with Facebook we can share everybody with our joy amen so I post on there this is the saw I got I'm excited I'm ready to cut to build things to do that and so we share we share the joy amen and with that and doing that and that's important that we do that. Christmas is the celebration of giving and receiving. It brings to our remembrance the gifts of God to us and for us that out of his treasure, he has given us the greatest gift of all, our Savior. Sometimes gifts are simple in nature and easy to use. Other gifts are complex and take time to learn and understand so that we can get the full benefit of all that they contain. And that's the way it is with Christ. Jesus, it's amazingly simple to be saved. But he is a complex gift. How many know that? He is a complex gift in our lives as our Savior. There is the simple and pure gift of a Savior. All we have to do is believe and receive. But then... We find that the gift of God is not that simple, but amazingly complex and with depth beyond measure. And though one spends a lifetime of discovery, he never comes to the end or the fullness of the gift. My friend, you'll spend your whole life searching Christ and never come to the end of him. Look at what we read, that Paul declared that God, through the ages to come, is going to continue to reveal we're going to get into eternity with God. When, whenever your life is finished here, we have loved ones, we have friends that have gone on to be with the Lord. They're, they've stepped into the ages to come. Amen? We're all going there. And God's going to continue to reveal 
the fullness that is in him. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 real quick. Watch this. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. One second. In verse 6, Paul writes, and he says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So Paul says, we're speaking wisdom that's not even of this age, but is of the age to come. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this world knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So there's no end to understanding that. And in, first, in, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8, Paul declares that he's been called to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Amen. What a promise. So there's no end to the depth of the riches contained in Christ. Our life here is barely to unwrap, is to barely unwrap the precious gift of God to us. That's why he was given us for eternity with him. Even there, we will never come to the end of the fullness of his gift to us. If you had eternity, God is limitless. That's what's amazing about eternity. And we have to think in that realm sometimes. Life makes us shrink things down too small. Everything about life shrinks everything. Everything around this life, when we live in time and space, it shrinks. How many ever hear people say, I'm running out of time? I'm coming to the end of my life. No, you're not. You're not coming to the end of your life. Amen. You're coming to the end of this portion or a chain, but it is not the end. But when I think, if I think I'm coming to the end, then I'm anxious, then I'm in a hurry, then I'm worried. This isn't the end. This isn't even the beginning. There's limitless bounds to the gift of God. Think about it. So we haven't seen it. Now watch this. The joy of the Christian life is an ongoing discovery of what it means to receive Christ and the new life that he brings. We've received it. We all have all received a gift that contains more benefits than we can discover on our own. And we need help and assistance of others to unlock the treasures contained within the gift. We've all had someone show us something about a gift that we had received that we had no idea on our own that it was able to do. And our response was, that's cool. Especially with technology today, you find out, hey, did you know you could do this? Did you know you could do that? Did, did you know your phone would do this? Did you know, you know, it's like if, if the other day I was, I was helping my mom. My mom has my, my old iPhone. And so I showed her, I said, Mom, you know, you, you know, you can take a picture by pressing any button. No, that's too cool. And so going around, so sometimes you're trying to take a picture just by touching the dot or doing this, and you find out, oh, man, there's just a little thing, and it changed that. But it was always there. You just didn't know it. It was always there. You just didn't know it. And so somebody unlocks something and shows something, and then you share it with somebody else. And then as soon as they show it to you, you're looking for somebody that you can show it to. I mean, know what I'm saying. We do that all the time. Then we go out and find someone with the same gift that we have and say, hey, did you know you could do this with your gift? Let me show you. That's the way we should be with Christ. God places people in our lives to help us discover the riches of Christ and his gift. To us. Hey, did you know that in Christ this belongs to you? Did you know that in Christ 
Amen. This is available to you. Did you know that in Christ, that part of receiving the Lord means that this belongs to you? Do you know your benefit? Do you know all that Christ has done? Well, I didn't know. I remember uh, uh, Diane's mom, Dean, used to tell me I'd preach and preach a message on faith and preach about something, and she'd come up to me and she'd be mad. She said, Pastor, I've been going to church all these years and nobody ever told me that. And she was mad. Because here she had received Christ, but she didn't know that that was part of it. And she goes, wait a minute, yeah, that's in, that's in the Bible, that's in the Word. That's God's given that to me. I can partake of that, yes. All the benefits that are ours in Christ. So we share that. Paul would write to believers to encourage them. Most of Paul's epistles were to the churches. Hey, there's so much in Christ. Discover this greatness that you have in him. Paul would write to believers and encourage them to exercise to the, in the exercise of the gift they had received and to share the benefits of their gift with others. To Timothy, he wrote in 1 Timothy, to stir up the gift and to not neglect the gift. He said, Timothy, there's a gift inside of you. Stir it up, fan it to a flame. Bring it to a, a raging roar in your life. And they said in, in chapter 4, he said, hey, don't neglect it. There's gifts in us. There's potential in that. There's resource in you. Don't neglect that gift. To the church at Rome, he declared that he was coming to impart his gift to them. He said, I long to come to you in chapter 1 that I might impart some spiritual gift to you and that you might minister back to me and sharing that one with another. To Corinth and to Rome, he wrote to encourage them in the use of their gifts for the benefit of others. In Romans chapter 12, he says, we minister one to another according to the grace of God. In 1 Corinthians 14, he told us to desire spiritual gifts and to minister one to another. Praise the Lord. So God has abundantly blessed us with amazing gifts to share. The saddest thing is not that we don't receive gifts, but we don't open and discover the gifts that we have received. And all these years of pastoring, I've walked, and I watched people doing life with faith in Christ, but not doing life by faith in Christ. How many know that's different? Doing life with faith or doing life by faith. God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to stand. I'm not going to do it in my own strength. I'm going to do it by faith in Christ, believing you as my answer. So it's not that we don't receive, but that we don't open and discover the gift we have received. Too many live without ever discovering the fullness of all that they contain by receiving him. But then the question arises, well, we're just talking about our life and making our lives better. So did Jesus come just to make our life better? He said he came that we would have a better life. But is it just this life that he came to make better? Just this, no. Or did he come so that we could have his life? What about you? I don't want my life better if I could have his life. What if he says, hey, I can either make your life better or you can have my life. How many know it would be better to choose his life or we're just having my life made better? Amen? Are you guys all right this morning? Praise the Lord. What about? Think about it. Making our life better and our life longer is not eternal life. It's just a good life here. God's plan for us is so much greater than just a good life here. I don't know about you. I'm thankful for that. 
I'm thankful that as we work, as we stress through everything and press through everything and make it through all this, now 61 years you go through all this, hey, hey, God, this is awesome, but I'm glad this is not the sum total of my existence. And I think, look at today. Look at how many people are so concerned about trying to preserve this life with no focus on the life to come. We get so sad when people pass. But if people are in Christ, they got promoted. Amen. Uh, come on. The, 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 the battle's over there. Come on. We enter into the reward. Paul said, hey. Paul said, I'm torn between two things. To stay here with you is good for your benefit. But he says, I want to be with the Lord. Because to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And that's, we were created for his presence. In God's eternal and in eternity, that word eternity just declares to us there is no end. For God to be eternal, there can be no end. There can be, and so when we come to discovering him, that he is just, that there will never be an end. I get too excited about that. I don't like it when I come to the end of a candy cane, to the end of the last cookie. I don't like it when I come to the end of my cup of coffee. I don't like it when I come to the end of things. And in God, you will never come to the end. Amen? And so we think about, oh, the gift of God. Amen. Have you received? Listen to what Jesus said. If you knew to the woman at the well, John chapter 4, verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, you would have asked of him living water and he would have given it to you. So if we knew the gift and we ask out of knowing what great things he has for us. His promise of life and life more abundant was never perceived or understood by the first century Christian to mean just an abundant and prosperous life here. We preach that. God wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. But they never perceived that. The, the, the early church, our church fathers, the apostles, the book of Acts, they didn't perceive, oh, God just came to give us a better life here. That isn't what Paul preached. Yes, he's here and life is better because he's in it. But he came, so our hope was to be greater than just good here. Am I helping anybody this morning? <laughs> Hope is to be greater than just good here. People get frustrated because they're in God. And they go, yeah, but it's not, it's not getting any better here. Well, we're not living for here. We're living with eternity in mind. No matter what. Nobody knows. That's why the Bible says, hey, be ready at any moment. Be ready. Amen. We watched a little uh, a documentary on the guy in, in, in the movie Unbroken. And uh, when he met Billy Graham, Billy Graham's one statement that he would always ask everybody is this. Are you ready to go to heaven today? Are you ready to meet the Lord today? At any moment, at any guarantee. All of us have been around people who have unexpectedly passed. Eli went yesterday. He, he, he had the opportunity to be yesterday at New York at, at the memorial service for one of the officers that was killed there. So we have two guys who got up in the morning, went to work. They're sitting in their patrol car. And unexpectedly, their life is here. Life here is over. Unexpected. Bam. Gone. Oh, wait a minute. What about your retirement plan? What about this? What about that? No. No. It's just gone. 
and it turned out the young man that, that, that he went to be, he, he, he was a Christian, and he was studying to be a pastor as well. Law enforcement, and then studying to be a pastor. But yet there unexpectedly, unexpectedly, life changes. And the gift that God gives us is so that no matter what happens here, this is not the life that God gave us to have. Everything about this life changed in the garden. I know what I'm saying. When the fall came in the curse, and God came to redeem us, we're redeemed from the curse. And the curse is death. And so we have life in God. And so when we live by that, I'm just trying to help us to make God bigger in our life. Come on, let's take the boundaries off and think without any bounds around our hope in Christ. Our hope was to be greater than just good here. Never shrink the eternal weight of glory and an eternal inheritance to just a better life here in a world that is passing away. How many know the people I heard the news this morning? Another airline crashed in, in, in off of Indonesia. Took off from Surabaya. I've been in Surabaya. I've taken off from that airport. So they go, hey. They got up. They're flying. They're gone. All those passengers gone. Oh, wait a minute. What if they were just reading about how to have a better life here? What if they were just concerned about making everything good here with no hope of eternity? That changed. Everything changed in a moment. Think about it. This world is passing away. We look around and all the tragedy, but think about it. If, <coughs> excuse me, it was life here is what he came to give, a stamp with the promise of eternity in him and with him, that no matter what my life would be here, no matter what I would have to endure here for him and his cause, nothing could ever separate me from my life in him for all of eternity. I always think about this. John the Baptist is one of my greatest examples that I think about. Zechariah and Elizabeth could not have kids. They sought for the Lord. And then in the old age, the Lord appears to them. The angel of the Lord appears to them and gave us says, hey, Zechariah, you're going to have a child. They get to have a child. And the child grows up, and he's going to be the, the one who prepares the way for the Lord. He's called his purpose in life was to prepare the way of the Lord. Amen. And he does his job. And then Jesus comes. He gets to baptize the Lord. How cool was that? He got to baptize Jesus. He got to fulfill prophecy and doing all that. And then all of a sudden he goes, yeah, but I must decrease that he might increase. And even in saying that, I don't even know if he fully comprehended what was going on. Because even John in that moment at the time, after standing before Herod and exposing his adultery and the things that he was doing and, and the, the, the improper conduct of his life, next thing you know, he finds himself in prison. And then the next thing you know, he's, he, he's being told by the Lord that he is not coming out. And hey, don't be ashamed in me. But wait a minute, from the moment he isn't coming out of prison, but he's going to be promoted. Amen? He's going to be promoted. And when we keep that in mind, it's amazing how everything changes when I have the perspective of the life that God has for me. Amen? When we live with the gift of God and the fullness of that gift in mind. God, I'm going to live here to unwrap everything I can about you, to know all that you are. And then with the hope that I will never find the end of it. What a great discovery of unwrapping the gift of God. Amen? Think about it. 
So nothing here could ever separate my life from him for all of eternity. My life now is hidden with him. The life that I now live, I live in him. My life is no longer connected to the confines of this world, but to the eternal promise of the life to come that is now in me. So what if we chose to recognize the gifts we have unopened and began to open them and invited the Holy Spirit to teach us to use them to their fullness? Amen. I don't like having stuff and not knowing how to use it. Having resources. Well, do you know how to use this? Uh, the other day when I set up the saw, most of the time I haven't done it. But this one, I said, you know, I'm going to set this one up. So I read the whole instruction manual. I'm going through this thing. I made sure the blade was accurate. Didn't you have to? So it comes in, and it's pretty close. And, and, and they align. It comes from the factory. And the blade's supposed to be square. So when you make a cut, you make a, a, a square cut. So if you put two joints together, you know, they're, they're flush. They go together flush. And then you got to align the rip fence so it makes a square cut. And then you got to do all these other adjustments on there and adjust the, the, the bevel on it and all this stuff. You go through all this time to do all that so that when you use it, you get the optimum benefit of using it. So it doesn't do any good just to buy something that's better or to get something that's better than what you've had before. Amen? But then not use it to its full potential. So to have to invest to use it. And in God, the gift that we have in Christ, we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Savior. And I keep thinking about Emmanuel, God with us. Well, then we get down in here, well, wait a minute. What if I began to read the instruction manual to really find out. And, and what if I actually let God fine-tune my life to make the adjustments, the tweaks in my life? I mean, it's close. We get saved. Yes, we're born again. But then how many know some adjustments need to be made? Once you have it, then God begins to fine-tune. And the reason He does that is so that you get the fullness of the benefit of all that is ours in Christ. And that's what happens when we unlock it. What if we begin to pray like this? Father, I invite your precious Holy Spirit into my life. For too long, I have treated him as I have been treated myself. Think about the gift. Peter said, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Not just so we see Christ as our Savior, but then we get this great gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And with the gifts come, how many of you ever ha had somebody say, well, you know, I just can't help, I just get angry all the time. I just can't help it. Yeah, but you have a gift that could help you. Because the gift comes with benefits. Part of the benefits of the gift of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Are we doing all right? So we go, wait a minute, I can help it, I can help it, but I have a gift that can help me. I have the gift of the Holy Spirit, I have His fruit on the inside of me, so I think I'll live out from Him instead of out of myself, amen? So think about it. What if I've treated Him as I've been treated myself? We all know what it's like to walk into a room and not be recognized. We know what it's like to be recognized but not be acknowledged. To be acknowledged but not engaged. To be engaged but not encountered. To be encountered but not embraced. To be embraced but not accepted. How many know what I just said there? You walked in, things were happening around you. Hey, how you doing? People feel that way in church a lot of times. They come in and they're acknowledged or they're not acknowledged. 
or their embrace, but not feeling that full connection and that full being assembled together in that. When it comes to gifts, we must have the desire to fully receive all that the Father has given to us. Nobody likes the feeling that we just described above. But I wonder how the Holy Spirit feels if we don't acknowledge Him, if we don't fully embrace Him and grab a hold of Him. When it comes to the gifts of God, we have to desire to fully receive them. To pray like this, Holy Spirit, we want to recognize you. We choose to acknowledge you. We desire to be engaged with you. Our hope is to encounter you, fully embracing all that you are to us and completely accepting your will as our own so that we may bring glory to the Father by your power working in us, giving you your rightful place in our lives, our homes, and in our church. Holy Spirit, we need your presence in every area and aspect of our life. We need the fruit of regeneration working from the inside out. We need your empowerment to be effective witnesses for Christ. We need your guidance into all truth. Isn't that awesome that that's part of what the gift gives to us? Think about it again. His presence in every area and aspect of our life. The fruit of regeneration working in us from the inside out. His guidance that leads us into all truth, teaching us daily which paths to take. What if we have this great counselor? He is the counselor. So I said, now, God, what do I need to do? What if I just waited on him until he gave me clarity and direction, trusting him? Amen? What a great gift and a promise from God. We need to know that you have been sent to reveal to us the riches of Christ, that there is no end to all that you are to us. You've been sent to be our helper. We need and receive your help. Amen? Hallelujah. Colson, could you come back to the keyboard, son? Thank you. Go with me to John chapter 14 as we get ready to close. All that we have in Christ. What an amazing thought. What an amazing thought. John chapter 14. Beginning in verse 15. Jesus writes. If you love me. Keep my commandments. And I will pray the father. And he will give you another Helper. Everybody say helper. He'll give you a helper. What did you get for Christmas? Oh, I got this and I got that. See, a saw will help me do the project that I want to do around the house. It's going to help me. But that's all it can do. It can cut wood. But that's it. It's like a one-trick pony. Amen? And so if you want to do something else, if you, you know, it'll cut a hole, but it won't drill a hole. So if I can, I can cut the wood, but if I need to put a hole in the wood, I got to get another helper. I have to get another tool that'll do that. And so the next thing you know, you have to compile all these resources of help to do just one project. Jesus says, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you a helper. 
And the Holy Spirit is the all-inclusive helper. He comes with everything in it. Whatever you need, you don't have to get anything else. He's able to do it all. He's the answer and the provision for every need that we have in this life. Amen? Thank God for it. So look what he said. I'm praying he's going to give you a helper that he may abide with you. How often? Only in service when you feel the goosebumps. He's with you forever. Watch this. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. Watch this. You will live also. Verse 20. At that day you will know that I am in the Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. He who has my commandments. And keeps them. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. You know, you have a promise in the gift of Christ that he would manifest, clearly make himself known. You would see Christ in your life. Think about that. And Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest, make yourself openly displayed to us? And not to the world. Jesus answered and said to him. If anyone loves me. He will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him. And make our home with him. Come on. We've received Christ. God has made his home. With us. I was thinking about. We're always pursuing after God. Instead of just receiving him. Allowing him. When people come over and family comes over, we prepare to receive people. How many have ever done that? You invite someone and you prepare to receive them. That's what we do in our life. We just prepare to receive the Lord. I just receive you today, God. You said you come make your home. I receive. And so learning how to receive what God's given to us. Verse 24, he does not, does not love me, does not keep my word. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Last verse, verse 26. But the helper. Everybody say the helper one more time. The helper. The Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Father, this morning I thank you. Lord, you have given us your life as the greatest gift. Lord, no matter what. Father, help us today to enlarge the boundaries of our understanding. Lord, let it be to us, as Paul prayed, that the eyes that we see and understand with would be enlarged and be open to see beyond any limit or barrier that we placed upon the life that you've given to us. Lord, you've given us life and life eternal.